You're listening to Wickham Sound online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. A very good evening to you. Welcome along to the Wickham Wanderer Show. Bob Johnson with you at two minutes past seven. And sitting across the other side of the desk from me, it's Colin Besley. A very good evening to you. Very much looking forward to uh, this week's programme. And coming up tonight, it's a bit of an old boys special, so we will be hearing from uh, Simon Garner. Uh, also, former Wickham Wanderers captain Glyn Creaser is on the show. Uh, we will be chatting to uh, Dave Ward, who is the manager of Wickham Wanderers Ladies. Uh, we'll also hear from Gareth Ainsworth as well, the current Wickham Wanderers manager. You, you may be aware of his position in the club. And we will be hearing from Alex Samuel as well. Going back to his old old club, or he's facing his old club this coming weekend, Swansea City. That's all to come between now and eight o'clock. So I went along to Blackburn. How was your journey? Uh, it was it was all right actually. I did okay. Uh, managed you know managed to, to get Blackpool. there and didn't go to Blackpool. That hey. was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, I was, yeah, I was slightly worried. When I saw the sign that said Blackpool, I definitely there was a little judder in the car, and I thought, Ugh! and I thought, no, 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 just keep going, Blackburn, Blackburn, and I managed to get there. Must be really nice turning up at Ewood Park as well. It, it, it was, it was lovely, yes. Um, and they do have uh, the replica Premier League trophy as you're going up the stairs there. So they have that. They have the League Cup that they won, and they have a a, a, a special trophy that they got for winning the FA Cup three times in a row. Wow, I know. And the Premier League trophy, apparently, you, if you win the Premier League, you don't just get given the trophy, you actually have to buy it. So it costs them 24, 24 grand to get the replica Premier League trophy. And really? I, I, I made exactly the face that you have just made. <laughs> it's you know. for radio. Really? A I thought, face. you know, you, you go to all £24,000. £24,000. You go to all of that hassle of winning uh, the Premier League, and, and then you have to spend out 24 k to get the, the replica Premier League trophy. Oh. Yeah. They'll be sort of, you know, treasurers at clubs now going, we're not going to do it. Well, well exactly. You think, you know. <laughs> it's too expensive for you know, us. Le- did, did, did Leicester do that? <laughs> you know, there's a smaller club winning it. You know, possibly thought, well, no, no, don't fancy that. Frightening. But a good day out, though, apart from the result. It was a very good day out, yes. Um, and speaking of Blackburn, um, Phil Catchpole um, has been catching up with Simon Garner. He spoke to him the morning after the Blackburn game and, first of all, asked what he thought about the scoreline. I was disappointed it went to five. I felt sorry for Gareth and the team. The job he's doing at that football club is unbelievable. And that's the club he started at. I think he started there as an apprentice when I was there playing there. So that was a shame for Gareth yesterday. I felt sorry for him. Yeah, we, we talked about Gareth's time as, as a trainee. He got released on his 18th birthday, but he was saying in the build-up, we interviewed him about Blackburn. He said he remembered sitting on your knee as a young boy, as a Blackburn <laughs> fan. <laughs> well, I'm too old to remember that one. We've got to talk about Blackburn. All-time record goal scorer. As I got to Ewood Park yesterday, I saw Alan Shearer away, and I did think to myself, that really should be called Simon Garner away, really, shouldn't it? <laughs> well, I think so, but I do have a road somewhere in Blackburn named after me, but I don't think it's near the ground. Well, next time I'm up there, I shall go and find that and take a picture for you. Um, <laughs> Burnley, I remember... Burnley playing Wickham Wanderers. I think you were injured, and they brought you out on the pitch to do the draw at half time. And I don't think it went down too well. Tell us a bit I about your love for Burnley, Simon. <laughs> I wouldn't call it love. I mean, Blackburn and Burnley don't get on at all. We've um, <laughs> they've always had a rivalry, and it was funny that day because I said to the groundsman then Jim Gardner, I said, "Don't go in at half time, Jim. Watch what happens here." <laughs> so um, I came out at half time to do the draw. And uh, I thought the Burnley fans was going to invade the pitch. <laughs> they didn't like. I always used to score against them. 
Always used to score against them. I've got on my notes here. You, you took a penalty at Ewood Park against Burnley, and they were throwing bricks at you. Is that right? That's right. Yes, there was. It was, it was the old ground then, and there's pulling bricks off the back of the stand, throwing them on the pitch. I mean, that's a hell of a compliment as a striker, isn't it? Oh, it was great, and especially it was even better when I scored it. Did you have to go off the pitch, and then they had to sort of calm everybody down, and then come on? I mean, you talk about a gap waiting to take a penalty. I mean, you've got to hold your nerve for a little bit of time there, haven't you? Yeah, well, you have to take your time. I mean. I wasn't very good at uh, penalties, neither. I didn't like taking them. Um, but when it was against Burnley, I thought, no, I'm taking these. And uh, it took a bit of time, but I just decided where I was going to put it and just smacked it and went in. There's, there's a couple of things of folklore here with Burnley as well. Did you, uh, did you have a knife pulled on you by someone asking if you were Simon Garner? I did. After the game at Burnley, I came out and uh, I'd scored a winner, I think it was. And <laughs> there was a Burnley fan when I came out, the players entrance, and he had a knife with him. And he said, are you Simon Garner? I said, no, he'd be out in a minute. <laughs> and I think that's the fastest I've drawn all game. <laughs> Incredible. And this is my favourite one. Apparently when Burnley lost in the playoffs to Torquay, there was a plane flown over the ground saying forever in Rover's shadow or something to that effect. And the rumour is that you were involved in that. You weren't flying it, were you? I wasn't flying it and I wasn't involved. I got a lot of stick about that, I did. <laughs> and um, I got the blame for it, but I, I can honestly say I wasn't involved. <laughs> okay, I'll believe you. I'll believe you. Uh, right, let's move on to Wickham Wanderers. Wickham fans first saw you at Adams Park when he played for West Brom in that amazing 2 2 Cup draw. I think it was on the TV as well that day. Um, it was a great game, but it was the first time I'd seen you on the terrace as well as a fan. And I, I remember thinking, this guy can play a bit. Uh, that was a great cup tie, wasn't it? And the replay was pretty good too. It was. I mean, the first game was great down at Adams Park. It was a really good game. And uh, Wickham surprised us. We didn't think they'd be that good. And there was a good side then. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a tough day today. And uh, I didn't play in the replay, I don't think. I think I was injured in the replay. I'm not sure now. But uh, we only just scraped through as well in the replay. Yeah, it was 1-0, I think. And, um, I think yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, Wickham gave a good account of himself. So, you know, fast forward a bit. Then after that game, when, when you found out that Wickham were interested, then you, you must have been pretty excited to go and play for Martin O'Neill. Oh, too right I was. I mean... I'd spoken to Martin. Um, it took quite a while to get it done, actually. I mean, I've been frozen out at West Brom. The manager didn't want me there. Um, Martin came in for me. And it took about eight or nine weeks to get the deal done. I mean, everything was sorted out deal-wise. It was just Martin just dragged his feet a bit. And um, I was phoning him up nearly every day saying, when am I getting these papers signed? I want to get down there. But uh, once I got down there, I mean, he was a brilliant manager. And the players, the squad we had, we had a great bunch of players. I mean, they come from part-time football into full-time football. And um, they was loving every minute of it. And it was just a great atmosphere in the dressing room. Yeah, I, I remember being a fan and thinking, well, Wickham are just unstoppable. Uh, first this season in the league. And we thought, well, you know, we could have a chance of going up here. And of course we did. Uh, you signed in the February, I think, wasn't it, of that season? <laughs> yeah, it was, yes. It was, yeah. And you got some vital goals up there, but that playoff campaign um, was wonderful. And you, you know, your fingerprints are all over that playoff campaign, the semi-final and the final. Uh, I, I remember the Carlisle game. I think the fans tried to invade the pitch then when you scored, didn't they? I think they did as well, yeah. I think they did. I mean, I'll never forget them, them semi-finals in the final. They were, two, they were three of the games I really enjoyed playing in during my career. I mean, they'll be in the top half a dozen games that I've played in. Doing throughout my career, so I really enjoyed them. The Wembley game, I remember you scored a goal that was disallowed. In my memory, you were on the halfway line. 
That was in my own half because I couldn't, I was so tired. (laughs) I couldn't run anymore. I thought, no, I'm just going to hit this. And I knew I was in my own half. And um, if it had been VAR, I think that would have been given. I remember you got booked for that. And even as a young lad, I thought that's got to be one of the cruelest things in in the modern game, surely. (laughs) I mean, you got booked for what I thought was an amazing piece of skill. I know, and uh, I did have a few harsh words to say to the referee, I must admit. Um, <laughs> he was perhaps valid in giving me a yellow card for that. Well, that game, Dave Carroll scored the goal that we all talk about, that, that amazing dribble. But a lot of Wickham fans think the best goal was Dave Carroll's first one, and I think you, you've got the assist for that, an amazing bit of vision. Wickham played some good stuff that day. We played great stuff. I mean, it was funny because John Beck, their manager, Preston manager, wanted to sign me and I wouldn't go. I had the choice of Preston or uh, Wickham and I picked Wickham straight away because John Beck had a reputation in them days for playing the long ball game from when he was at Cambridge and um, I knew it wouldn't suit me. So it was more pleasing that it was against John Beck as well in a way. And Gareth Ainsworth, uh, who, uh, you're, you know, you're his hero, he was on the pitch for Preston that day too. He was, wasn't he? He was, yeah. I mean, funnily enough, somebody sent me um, a photo about a month ago of me celebrating the goal, and just behind me, he stood David Moyes, he was supposed to be marking me. That made me laugh. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't look too happy. I saw him on Match Today last uh, uh, last night, he wasn't too happy then either, so no. <laughs> he's definitely were different times, weren't they, to, to where we are oh, today. Oh, definitely. Do you think it's better back then? I think a lot of our Wicked fans might think it was. I think it was in a way. I think I think the players were closer to the fans in them days. At Wickham's level, although they're in the Championship now, there'll be a big change again. It's The higher the level you go, the more it's more money-orientated and it's about making money nowadays and that's part of the game that I don't like. Wickham are really seeing that now. I think they're the smallest budget in the Championship by about £10 million. I thought so as well. Yeah, yeah which... I thought so. I mean, it's going to be tough, but if they can keep Gareth there and keep faith in him, because they're not going to win loads of games this season, but they're, they're going to win games. And if they can get a little run together, they'll be all right. That's Phil Catchpole speaking to Simon Garner. Many thanks, as always, to Phil uh, for allowing us to play his interviews from Ringing the Blues. Ringing the Blues is available um, from all good podcast providers. And you can hear that full chat online as well. Well worth a listen. Uh, brilliant how he talks about his partnership with Cyril Regis. Uh, great how he spends a lot of time in the hourglass uh, post-games. <laughs> Sometimes pre-match as well, in, in back in the day. Yes, uh, there, there is a lot uh, a lot more. If you are a big uh, Simon Garner fan, then yes, definitely do do check out Ringing the Blues. I think as well, when we started doing the show, we, we were sort of planning about what we'd like to have on it, and I think speaking to former players and hearing from former players was, was, was well up there, because it's, it's really nice, isn't it, to know, uh, A, kind of what they're doing now, B, their sort of recollections from, from their day when they were wearing the, the famous Sky and Navy quarters, or if it was before colour, uh, dark and light grey. <laughs> I, th- I think that's so true because you can then picture, you know, you can picture where you were, where they mm. were, you know, at those crucial moments. Um, and you know, and again, I know that's why you're you're excited to be speaking to Crease. Absolutely, yes, Glenn Crease uh, coming up very soon as well. Who who was the, the captain of the team? He was in the in the, the in the side for seven years. He was captain of the side that got to the the football league from the conference. He went from part time to full time. Lokes Park to Adams Park. Um, won the FA Trophy uh, several times uh, once when he was injured and um, played in the playoff final as well the, the 94 uh, which Gareth played in and David Moyes as well was playing for, for Preston yes, that yeah, day as well so yeah fantastic to, to, to speak with him 
and uh, big thanks to JDT and Alan Hutchinson as well from the Ex Players Association, who, who do great work in in sort of keeping players from all different eras in touch. Whether they're from the fifties, I mean, people talk about the the fifty seven final at Wembley, um, Bodger, Horseman, of course, and and more recently, you know, players from the nineties who you know you remember going to watch and and sort of the great cup runs, uh, League Cup, FA Cup, and and just. I think everyone's got their sort of favourite sort of time, haven't they, of watching watching Wickham? I mean, it's really fascinating hearing you describe what happens to Crease and 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 going into sort of like the nineties and the fact that he went from being part time to being full time. You know, the, again, the the rise reminds me of what's happening now where you know goodness me you know a couple of years ago we were in league two now suddenly we're in the championship you know it must have been amazing you know even for the players you know to to be playing part-time football you know it feels like a world away there doesn't it exactly albeit you know at at quite a high level Mm. but even so being a part-time footballer and then all of a sudden actually you know goodness me you you, you've gone up and you know you're playing in was it division three then Mm. i'm trying to remember yes um you know that that must just be unbelievable and then you know and then you're going to wembley and you know playoff final just must be absolutely just mind-blowing to to live through yes no definitely and, and so so comparable with with this this crop their achievement yes what's going on now okay uh, so uh, we will be hearing uh, from crease very very shortly right here on wickham sound love music love talk love wickham sound It's the Wickham Wanderers show with Bob Johnson and Colin Bezzi. Still to come, we will be chatting to Wickham Wanderers ladies manager Dave Ward. We'll hear from Gareth Ainsworth ahead of Saturday's game against Swansea City. And we'll also be hearing from Swansea City fan, who also, of course, happens to be Wickham Wanderers' very own Alex Samuel. But first, as we touched on a short time ago, uh, the Wickham Wanderers captain, who was uh, with the club for seven years, saw them up to the Football League from the conference. Glyn Creaser uh, is speaking to us about how comparable uh, the time of getting through to the Championship was with uh, him leading the side to the Football League. Every bit of success that the, the, the club has is, is comparable with anything. You know, I mean, to be in the Championship now for the first time for, you know, ever <laughs> is, uh, is pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be different feelings. I mean, we were working hard to try and get out of the, at the conference back in the day, and um, when we managed to actually eventually do that, we ended up playing what we we went through into. Well, I think we finished in fourth position, and Simon Garner always said, anybody that finishes in fourth has got enough points to get promoted. You shouldn't have to go through the playoff um, the playoffs uh, system, but. Um, he was very. He always felt very strongly about that, but um, we went through that process as well. And you know, fortunately, we uh, we managed to win it. And um, I mean, Martin always used to say, you know, he'll rule his selection if he if he gets it wrong, and he'll be vindicated if he gets it right. And all the times he went there, he was vindicated every time. So. Coincidentally, we heard from Simon Garner in the show. Uh, Phil Catchpole spoke to him uh, after the Blackburn game, and he was saying his favourite goal was was against Preston. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a very good goal. I mean, I've, I've recently watched that on YouTube, and uh, um, I, mean, I mean, to be fair, all four goals were were very good goals uh, in terms of. I mean, Dave Carroll, um, the two he scored, and I mean, the reverse pass from Garner as well. The assist that he had in that in that goal was was brilliant. <clears throat> so um, <clears throat> I do um, I do reminisce a little bit when I'm sitting here. I think oh, I'm bored now. What can I do? Oh, I'll watch watch that game and. It is. Uh, it's. Uh, it's good. It's good. I don't. I don't. Didn't particularly appreciate my their first. I think it was their first goal or the second, whichever one it was. I should have had somebody on the boys' toes at the near post for the throw in and didn't, and we paid the price. But it's gone now. We won the game. 
that's the most important thing. It must have been great for yourself, obviously, to lead the club at Wembley as well, on, on more than one occasion too, of course. Yes, indeed, yeah, I managed to, well, I didn't lead them out at, on, in 93, but certainly the boys threw me up the steps first to pick up the trophy. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've been there obviously three times and then I went back a fourth time when I went to Dagenham at the end of my career. Um, unfortunately, that result was slightly, slightly... Steve Thompson was playing in the in the Woking side that day, so um, played against Tono that day. But no, yeah, it, it, it was... Um, it was it was a strange it was a strange time for me. Ninety one was was particularly um, I was going to say stre- probably was stressful to be fair. We won the we won the, the second leg at Altrincham, um, did really well, and um, I remember coming off the pitch. I remember coming off the pitch, going in the changing room, and after the game, and sort of trying to sort of remember what was going on and thinking about Westy's goal and stuff like that. And it, it was really odd. And then I came out of the tunnel on my own to walk at, uh, obviously you're familiar with the old setup there when you used to walk up the stairs and go behind the roll box into the, the main hall. And I walked through the doors where everybody was sort of all the families and everything else and uh, just burst into tears. It was absolutely bizarre. I think it was more relief than anything else, but um, it's, it was the most memorable, memorable day for me. Um, and then again in 93, the lads pushed me up the stairs and said, come on, Greece, you'll go out there to get it. And then, of course, we won the, the playoff final and managed to get up there again. So, yeah, fantastic, fantastic memories. Such fantastic occasions as well. I remember going in 91 and, you know, people from school went, people from our road went, you know, you'd see people at the station, see people at Wembley that you knew. It felt like the whole town went and was really behind the club. I think it probably was. I mean, if there's any burglars around, then they've had a field day with them that day. <laughs> I mean, there was. I think we had excess of 25,000 people there. I mean, it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the, the support we had... I mean, when you think the support we had in back in those days, and obviously a lot of people that have been there that, that may have gone or would have been neutrals, but we would get five or four, five, six thousand at home games and stuff like that. But to have that amount of people actually support the club. And then, of course, we went out on the Sunday morning to a rapturous sort of town centre at the at the town hall. It was absolutely amazing. The amount of people that turned up for that morning was, was, was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, there are so many great stories linked with Wickham, but one of the, the, the best ones must be the fact that, you know, at that time, obviously, you weren't even full-time players and, and going into from non-league up to the, up to the Football League. No, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, obviously, Martin had made his mind up, I think, or, who he wanted to obviously offer contracts to and so on and so forth. And I was in a position myself where I'd, I'd literally come back from having a, a really serious accident at work at the time and... Um, it went through the process of doing rehab and the, the club were fantastic with me for that, for that. and uh, and um, yeah and then we, I think he'd taken the chaps over to um, to Henlow Grange I think for a, sort of a bit of a chill out day and what have you and um, he invited me over and called me up and said I want to offer you a contract so I was like wow that's amazing so that was one of my my school schoolboy dreams realised at the uh, ripe old age of whatever it was then 30 odd 32 33 so um yeah and uh, it took me about uh, three or four seconds to say yeah thanks very much yeah must be some fantastic memories playing under martin as well especially at that level yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean it, yeah i mean yeah, martin was a was a uh it was, i'm gonna say strange but i don't mean it in a bad way it was more a case of he trusted us that's what it always felt like to me. He, he he knew what we had, 
um, and he didn't he didn't over elaborate on what his expectations were from us as individuals. He, he knew what he had in terms of the squad, um, and he knew he could rely on us to go out there and do our best as individuals and ultimately as a team. You know, I don't know. It was weird. It was uncanny. He, he was uh, he was a shrewd man. And he's obviously proved and gone off to other places like Leicester and Celtic, and you know, um, proved his proved his proved his worth at, that, at those levels as well. So, you know, it's uh, yeah, it was it, it, it was a, it was a character for sure. You must hear as well a lot of time people talking football, especially and in the, indeed the current team at Wickham, people talking about you know how special a group of players is, as it are. But when you know when you're in a club for seven years, you must have just gone through several really good groups of players. Yeah, yeah, the nucleus of it. To be fair, I mean, we we had you know back in the early days, we had uh, you know, I mean, Cashy was there, uh, Stuart Cash was there with us, and we had Jeff Cooper came in at left fullback. Um, but the the, the the main core, and it like to Keith Ryan's, Simon Stapleton's, Steve Thompson's, Matty Crossley, uh, Steve Guppy, Dave Carroll, Keith Scott, Mark West. You know, we that was kind of the nucleus of the side in in many respects for for, for good. You know, two or three years, and and then everything else came in around that. You know, he, he kind of filled filled slots. But yeah, the group the group of players that we had, Lee Turnbull is another one that springs to mind. You know, it's uh, Dave Titterton. Um, yeah, we had a good core group of players in the changing room who got on really really well. Would would, would be there supporting each other and everything else and. And then anybody that came in, the Martin had a, I don't know, it was uncanny really, the way, the way it sort of worked. He's caught her. Will these people fit in with the group that I've got? And we, we, to be fair, we never took any prisoners. If, if people didn't want to be part of it, then, you know, you, you quickly know who they were. And to be fair, we had very, very few that were like that. They came in, enjoyed it. We were winning, um, which is always, is always a lot easier when you're winning. Um, if you look at the amount of changes that um, Martin had made over the years, I mean, you know, Timmy Langford came in and, and everything else like that, and it, it, they were few and far between. There were, there were periodic changes, but it was only ones and twos, that, and that could have been just through injuries and so on and so forth. So, but the group, all the lads I've seen go through Wickham when I was there were, were, were all brilliant, absolutely brilliant, good characters. They got the crack and. Um, I think they all enjoyed their time there in one way, shape or form. You must be so pleased with what a solid unit you had, especially defensively, and yourself obviously a, a sort of no-nonsense, uh, you know, traditional central defender. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I just, you know, I mean, I just, I was employed to head it and kick it, and that's what I did pretty much, and uh, you know, I, I, was, I had a knack of knowing how to defend, and then, of course, you got, you had the likes of Matty Crossley, you had Andy Kerr at the time, and then, you know, later on, then a big Terry came in, Jason Cousins came in. You know, I mean, to add those two to the party, you know, you're a couple of hatchet men sort of thing. But, um, you know, both big characters, big players, and, um, you know, and, and did, did what they did for the side. They did it for the team, for sure. Do you have particular favourite matches that really stand out? Uh, <sighs> favourite matches? Scoring a goal against West Brom, I always, always reflect on. Because um, Guts whipped a ball in, I think it was near post, and I managed to duck between the two centre halves and get my head on it. And I, I just put my head on it. It was more a case of Guts' delivery was, was sublime, as you know. I mean, you'll know from watching him yourself. Um, 
a fantastic ball in the box and I managed to get on the end of it and then Tomo equalising uh, in the last few minutes when it was absolutely chucking it down the rain um, and um, yeah that was that's one that always sticks with me obviously winning winning in 91 at Wembley was, was something else and you know being being able to walk out on the as they call it the hallowed turf and being a skipper on the day as well um, and then you know you get to meet people like you know, Ray Clements was on there on the day that day, and then but actually one one that does stick out in my mind, and it, it was with Dagenham, and I make no apologies for saying that. But when I went there with him, um, Ted Hardy made me made me skipper for the day, and um, we, I managed to meet Pele and Gordon Banks. So wow. there you go. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that was a, a nice surprise, and you can imagine some of the youngsters that were there. I mean, I, I was old then; I was about thirty eight, thirty nine, and. Some of the youngsters were there when you got the likes of Pelle and Gordon Banks walking down the line talking to you. It's um, a great day for them as well. And people may not have been following, you know, what you've been doing since. You've been, you were at uh, Aylesbury for quite a length of time as coach and then as manager as well. Yeah, I was over there with um, Tony Joyce, who a few of the old Wickham um, supporters I know from Bournemouth days and stuff like that. But I was over there with him and then took over for when he when he left. Um, it didn't go as well as I would have liked it to do, but it was uh, a big commitment and um, I give it a well. And to some extent, I, I did it partly because I wanted to have a go and see how I was, see how I'd do, and um, yeah, yeah I learned a few things about the job itself and and myself. To be fair, um, but I'm still involved. I'm now involved up in Milton Keynes. We've got a club which is literally five minutes from me. Um, I think I've walked. I think I've walked to the ground a couple of times, which is something I've never ever been able to do in my football career. Um, I've always been sort of 45, 50 miles away from everywhere I've played. So, um, yeah, walking down the road. So, and and we've literally just been going sort of about 18 months. Obviously, we cut short the season last year. The season before, we had a full season. Um, I'm down there doing some coaching with um, Terry Shreves, or it might be a name that people would recognise from back in the day. Um, he was a decent decent striker. Um, and yeah, so we're down there and it's uh, it's 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 going all right at the moment. You know, we've not had the greatest of starts in terms of league. We lost our first league game but we won the the FA Vars game on Friday night over at Tame Rangers. So um yeah, it's uh, yeah, so still involved. Still involved, still like being involved. It's uh, I do I do miss I do miss that Involvement. If I if I if I'm not involved in football in any one way, shape, or form, yeah. I was going to say it's so great that you're still getting enjoyment out of the game. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. It's, it's nice to be able to sort of help people. You know, you. I mean, some people you can tell ten times and they won't have a scooby what you're talking about. But um, <laughs> um, you just keep trying. You just keep trying. And, and we've, we've Terry. Terry's very keen to encourage youngsters coming through, like from the where we've got quite a few. Um, under-17, under-18 sides in Milton Keynes. We need somebody to be able to feed us, and we've just we've just literally got a link with uh, with a coaching academy in Milton Keynes who want to put their sort of players that are developing quicker than some into a, a men's side so they get used to playing in men's football. Um, so it's a bit of an indoctr- indoctrination for them, I guess, to, to see what it's like playing in men's football at step six, which is fine because that's the, the place they should start. Um, and in, and see how they do. So um, yeah, so looking forward to that. That won't be until next year now. But obviously, it's too late to get them started now. But then that'll allow them to have the facility 
at um, the Milton Keynes Irish Centre in Milton Keynes at uh, Manor Fields, which is an old ground which has been in Milton Keynes for donkey's years, um, an opportunity to get into the Youth Cups and stuff like that. And with the current Wickham side, you must be really excited to see how they get on in the Championship. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah. I mean, the uh, the Blackburn game weren't, weren't the brightest one for them. And the first one was at Rotherham, they lost 1-0, and then they lost 4-2 in the, in the Cup. So, um, yeah, and I, I did say to... Um, Actually, I was talking to somebody on another. Um, I think it was Ollie Bayliss on the on another radio show that we were doing about Milton Keynes, um, um, Milton Keynes Irish Centre Football Club, and and saying that, uh, Gareth will learn a lot in his in the first four weeks, six weeks of the, of the season, um, about you know what he needs to do and what he what he needs to get in if he if he if he thinks he does. Um, yeah, so it's not been the, the best of starts, but it's, um, it's early days. It's early days. So good to see them in the championship, though. You couldn't have imagined, could you? When, when you got through to the football league, you think, oh, you know, in in a, in a few years, we'll yeah. be we'll be in the second tier of English football. Yeah, and and you know, I think everybody would have been feeling in a similar way. I think, I mean, um, the beast, um, Akin Fenwell made a good point about you know, getting um, the group of players together that they had and how they how they went about their business. Um, you know, and. He, he could see that he was one of the main characters in pulling them all together in the way that he did and the way, you know, the way he sort of came across in, after the final. It was just so exciting for him and, and they, they got exactly what they deserved um, on the day. I thought he managed, they managed the game really, really well. Um, and, you know, <laughs> for, all the, for the best will in the world, to try and play the way they tried to play and, and break the break through the lines of Wickham on the night. They just couldn't do it, and they just showed so much character to uh, to get to the to the finishing line was was phenomenal. The fourth the centre half had a fantastic game. Um, Stewart um, did did absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But yeah, it's, it's great to see him up there, um, and you know, I wish him all the longevity. You know, to you know, if they can stay in that division this year, they'll be so much stronger for it. Um, obviously, and they'll learn so much as well. That not just Gareth, but the players as well. You know, and really, remi- know. really reminiscent as well when Gareth says that he has these generals in the dressing room, the experienced players. Some, a lot of the players that, that you listed that you play with, and obviously yourself included in that, that. That's something that you say was the real nucleus of the side, and 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 that's really what led the team in, when you, in your day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think yeah, we had we had probably you know I say generals. Yeah, I, I know what he means, and he's got he's, he's got players in the changing room. But you know, I would for me being the elder statesman, if you like, of the group that we, I was playing with, um, it was great to have the youngsters around and and just sort of like feel like you're looking after them a little bit. But it's not that you just you just want them to do well. You just you know you, you draw on something, you draw on something, and you know you have people that just lead naturally. Um, and, it, and I used to try and do that by playing well myself. Um, and if I got it right, I made everybody else's job a lot easier because the ball never went past as much um, as a back four. And uh, and that takes the pressure off the likes of the keeper, like the Heidi or John Granville or whoever. You know, it takes the pressure off them as well. So, um, but uh, yeah, you always have people in the changing room who are going to bring bring something to the table, whether it's just through talking to people. Physic, physicality of the person, you know. I mean, just Terry Evans's presence was 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 enough. You know what I mean? It's just uh, there's a man mounting, um, and sometimes that's just enough. You know, you're going to be looked after. 
if you get my meaning. Of course. It must be such a great sense of pride for yourself as well to be to have been at the club for seven years and, and such a part of the, the, the club's history. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I'm still still very much involved now. The ex-players, um, the ex-players association we've got. I've been chasing a few faces around this last couple of days, getting getting more numbers signed up for the ex-players association, which I know JDT and, and Hutch are, have been absolutely monumental in getting that off the ground and and getting it to the place it's at now and the functions that they've put on and the dinners that we have and the golf days, the bowling days and and everything else. And, 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 and the committee, you know, the, all the older, the older, oh, they won't thank me for this, but all the old people um, who are still involved with it, uh, <laughs> um, Sammy and um, Mr Faulkner and, and uh, there's eight or nine of us, Susie, and it's just... We get together once a month when we can, and it's obviously been difficult, but the, the Ex-Players Association is really, really important. And I think I've tried to make this point before where we want to try and keep the players that are there now and those that have gone away now still involved, still signing up to be the part of the Ex-Players Association to make it even bigger than what we've currently got it. And I think we're, I think we're close to having, near, for the first time ever, 110 members. Um, which is something pretty impressive in terms of an ex-players association, which a lot of places don't have, which just gives you some measure, of, an idea of how how important a lot of the players that have been with Wickham still see the club as it's important. fantastic to have that history and that identity as well. I mean, we're speaking to you on the club's 133rd birthday today. Yeah, yeah, wow, there you go. And, and there's still people that want to be part of Wickham, you know, and... And long may, it, long may it continue. I still think today Wickham is very much rolled around a family club, um, and and that's that's really really important. It's important to the town, um, and it's important to to the ex players as well. You know the way some of the guys, a lot of the guys now still go and watch games every week at home and away, and you know that's absolutely brilliant that they still do that at the ripe old age of, I don't know even how Sammy is, but he, he won't thank me. I think Sammy's probably about 94 or something <laughs> like that, but he's not telling us really, um, Keithy Samuels. But, you know, they're, they're great fun, they're great characters, and you can see why that they want to be part of it. It's so interesting, isn't it, seeing in the national press people really sort of taking to the, the Wickham story, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's it's going to be a natural progression for it, isn't it? I mean, it, you know, I mean, what, imagine it if they get through to the Premiership. Well, <laughs> well, we'll definitely get you on again for that. We live and we live and <laughs> we live and dream. We live and dream, and and why not? Why not dream big? For God's sake, you know, you, you only get one one chance at life, and if you you know, Gareth, I'm sure will be doing everything he can to keep that side in that division this year for sure to consolidate and then be able to know or learn, certainly learn from being involved at that level for a period of time what he's going to need to get to get him promoted. And when you think Wickham a few years ago went through to the semi-final of the FA Cup, <laughs> it's not beyond doable. It's very exciting. It's been fantastic to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time. It's an absolute pleasure, Colin. No problem. Really great, really great to, uh, uh, really great to speak to you, uh, Glyn, and my thanks to JDT and also to Alan uh, with the X-Players Association. And we'll have more... Uh, more former former Wickham Wanderers players on in the coming weeks as well. That was really good and really interesting, and, and you could just see uh, and just hear how how thrilled you were to speak to him. It, it was great. It was great. I, it was I really said to him off air as well. When you consider, I went to see when I was at school. We used to go pay a pound to get in. So I was under sixteen. Um, <laughs> that uh, 
you'd go in and you'd watch, you know, people like him and uh, Steve Guppy and Keith Ryan and Jason Cousins and Dave Carroll and, and all those players that he mentioned as well. That you'd go and see them, and you really felt like it was a story that you were following. And then to actually speak to him twenty five years later is quite exciting. Fantastic. Well, still to come on the Wickham Wanderer show, we will be speaking to Wickham Wanderers ladies manager Dave Ward. Um, we will also be hearing from Gareth Ainsworth and also Alex Samuel. This is Wickham Sound. You're listening to the Wickham Wanderer show with myself, Bob Johnson, and Colin Besley. Episode three, this is. It is, yes. The awkward third album or something. No, you said we weren't going to refer to that. This is the best of. We weren't going to refer to that. Um, Still to come, we're going to hear from Gareth Ainsworth and Alex Samuel. Got another Ted Televised game coming up this weekend. We have indeed, yes. On the telly again. Half past 12. Cool. Mainly because um, the floodlights. Well, one of the the three floodlights are now up, apparently, but the fourth floodlight, um, yeah, they're still working on that. Good floodlight news. Yes, I know. Excellent floodlight update. Live floodlight news. Have you got any other other behind-the-scenes updates you can Uh, bring? No, I think it's only floodlights that that I've got. (laughs) Have you got any other other nuggets? Did you bring anything back from Blackburn? Um, No. I, I can't think that I bought anything back from COVID. Did you try uh, any? Uh, <laughs> luckily, not COVID. <laughs> did you? Did you try any local produce? Lancashire hot pot, perhaps. Again, you see, I, very much because of everything that was being said with regards to Lancashire being in lockdown, I, I did yeah, do it in a sort of like you know almost car bubble thing of just thinking, right, okay, you know, I'm not going to stop anywhere. I'm just going to go to the ground and then I'm going to come back and you know and yes. Uh, so I think I went to the, the the services were like Warwick both ways, and, <laughs> and I didn't get out of the car um, from Warwick until Ewood Park and coming back. In other behind-the-scenes news, have you, you, you told us off-air, I think this is a nice story to share with the group, uh, that, that you saw a Wickham Wanderers player in a oh, supermarket. yes. Um, so, so on um, Monday, when I, I was, I was um, getting my, my lunch from Sainsbury's, um, and, and Daryl Hogan was there. Wow. I know, it was very exciting. That's showbiz. Yes, I know. I, I did sort of try and catch his eye, but he, he was, yeah, he was... He, he, had he was too busy shopping. He was. He was too busy um, shopping. He, he's got young kids, and, and, you know, and you know what that's like. If you've ever done that, if you, if you are a parent and, you know, and, and you've taken your kids... Um, shopping. That's always good Did you fun. peer into his trolley? You can tell a lot I, by what's uh, in someone's trolley. I didn't, but, but I did notice that one of his children was doing that thing of grabbing stuff as they went past and just putting it in the trolley. <laughs> Great news. Uh, also recently, uh, over the weekend, Wickham Wanderers ladies uh, progressed to the first qualifying round of the FA Cup. Hooray! Yes, they had a, a fantastic win against uh, Eversley in California. Uh, they did indeed. Um, so they've progressed to the next round to play Comets, who I was talking to uh, Dave Ward, their manager, about, and he was saying that they, they play their home games at St. James, uh, St James's Park. Ah, very nice. No, Regent's Park. Oh, OK. Not St James's Park. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong park. Uh, but yes, that's coming up on the 4th of October. But it was brilliant to speak to him because uh, he's been in charge for just over a year, and it was great to get his thoughts on how the team has progressed under his leadership. Really impressed with the progress that we made on the pitch last season. Clearly, when I came in, the players had had no really real structured pre-season, no pre-season friendly preparation. And I came in two weeks before our first competitive game of the season, uh, which was thankfully against lower league opposition that we won quite comfortably. But our pre-season ended up being probably the first three or four games of the season. Uh, In that time, we played Moneyfields, who were arguably the strongest team in the division, in the opening two games of the season. Uh, Needless to say, we lost both of those. But thereafter, we started uh, seeing a real improvement in performances, brought in some new players during the season, and it culminated in securing a place in the Chairman's Cup final, uh, which unfortunately didn't get played due to the uh, the lockdown uh, restrictions. We played that game, I think it was the 17th of March. 
Um, and then the following week, uh, we were in lockdown. Uh, so that's when the season became null and void. So very disappointing from that front, but fantastic to be back involved again this year. And obviously the ambition of the club is to try and reach the FA Women's National League set up, which is only one division away. It's one promotion away. And to that end, uh, we've been working very hard on the recruitment front for the first team in particular and brought in players with National League experience and um, Women's Super League experience in the case of one of our players. I like to think we've added an awful lot of strength and experience to the team uh, that will help the players that were there last season to uh, aspire to greater things. One of the things that must have been so encouraging, having listened to some of your post-match comments from the games that obviously you did uh, did sort of oversee and did actually have, was how pleased you were with the development and the progress that the team have made uh, in the, in that time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've we've done an awful lot of work on um, how well we retain possession, how we do all of our restarts, particularly from goal kicks um, or when the keeper's got the ball in their hands. We use uh, midfield rotations. Uh, we're looking to get centre-halves comfortable on the ball and to get the ball into good areas early so that we don't concede possession cheaply. We're not the sort of side that tries to play long balls forward all the time unless it's absolutely necessary. And I, I like to think we play a style of football that people would enjoy watching, but is uh, also effective. You must be so pleased to get back on the grass with the players as well, having, you know, knowing that it's, it's safe to do so. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it, it, it's um, to get the group together. Again, the new players have mixed in with the um, existing squad incredibly well. Um, we've been quite careful, not just about the experience and the technical ability they bring to the side, but also the sort of personalities and character that they bring because we want people who bounce off each other, um, have a shared vision and uh, direction and will help each other in trying to achieve that. So, you know, one, one of the messages we've been giving to the players um, is, you know, sometimes you're going to have to put the personal disappointment to one side and make sure you get behind the rest of the squad and the starting eleven on that day, but be prepared because it could be you that's out there next time, and you want exactly the same support back because we're all in this together. I think it's developing that whole team ethos and team spirit where people are supporting one another uh, that we're actually all about. You must be so pleased, as you say, with the signings that you've brought in and how, how well established now the team is becoming. Yes, I think so. I mean, you know, the, the, the fact that we've been able to attract these players is credit to the club and credit to the players of last season. I think if the players hadn't performed as well as they did last season, it would have been far more difficult to recruit players of this sort of quality and add strength to our squad. What's it like to kind of attract players, if you like? Because I know, obviously, from your, your previous roles, you, you've worked with other, other, other players before and it, it must be really nice to kind of bring those into the, the team that you're working with now. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, Kaz Bisson is a, a good example of that. I've, this is the third time I've signed Kaz. Kaz, I first uh, discovered when she was about 20 or 21. Um, I won't embarrass her by saying how old she is now, but she's a proven goal scorer at regional and national league level over a number of years. Um, she travelled with me to play at AFC Wimbledon and was a very strong player there for a number of seasons as indeed was uh, Jordan Hursley-Atkins, who's a midfielder that we brought in from Wimbledon, another player that I think buys into the sort of style and philosophy that I have, uh, but she's also a quality player that uh, just brings so another different aspect to our performances, particularly in the middle third of the pitch. 
but it, it would be fair to just talk about those two because we've got players of the quality of Steph Mobbs who uh, anyone that lives in and around the Oxford area will know incredibly well, but she's played at women's Super League level, probably the most composed player on the pitch every week. Calmness personified, technically very, very capable as well. And we brought Sean Miley Phillips in, who's another new addition um, from Oxford uh, United and Oxford City. Uh, Nicole Miles just signed from Oxford City. Uh, we brought in Ray Roberts, who's come to us from Denham United, along with Charlotte Parrott from Denham United. And we brought in Natalie Morris as uh, a goalkeeping coach from Oxford City uh, very recently as well. So another acquisition to complement our coaching team. It's obviously really nice to bring in new signings, but you must be so pleased as well to have retained such a large number of the of the squad who, who were there originally as well. Yeah, absolutely, because you know a, a lot of those players have been on a bit of a journey. They've come from Southern Region Div One. They established themselves very well in the Premier Division last season, and you know they deserve another crack at it this season to see if, uh, allied to the players that we brought in, we can uh, make a really good push for promotion. And there's no doubt that some of the players that I inherited uh, will be quite capable of making that step up should we achieve it. How have the pre-season preparations been this season? Obviously with the, the COVID restrictions as well. Has that been quite a cautious approach? But Although I imagine they were all, they were all really yeah. pleased to get going. We've had a few games and, and they have been a little cautious, obviously. Clearly we've had to follow all of the COVID guidance um, around tracking and tracing. That's been a new experience for all of us. But... So far, it's been adhered to by all the clubs that we've uh, come into contact with, um, and we've reciprocated that. But, you know, I think once the players on the football pitch, not a lot changes, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> it was almost business as usual from the first uh, pre-season game, which we played over at Sutton United, ladies. And, you know, we've carried that through in, into the uh, competitive football we've ended up playing, which was the Women's FA Cup. Very pleased to have got through the first two rounds, um, the latest of which was on Sunday just gone. And we're looking forward to the next one, which is on October the 4th. Uh, following that, we've got our first league game, which is against Abingdon United, who we ended up playing four times last season, despite having a, a curtailed league. You must feel so positive and, and full of anticipation, if you like, with the, the new league season just about to start and, and what, what can be achieved with, with the team that you've got. Yes, I like to think so. I look at what we've got defensively. I look at what we've got in the, in the middle third. I look at the players that we've brought in who can play up top. And all round, it's a stronger squad than we had last season in total. We've just got to see those results uh, appearing on the pitch now. But the players are, are, are clicked pretty quickly, I believe. And that showed in performance on Sunday, despite the fact we only won the game 2-1. We rattled the woodwork eight times in the game and with a little bit more care in front of goal from our from strikers and midfield players, I have to say, we should have been out of sight by half-time by six or seven, to be honest. It was that one-sided. But you cannot take anything for granted, as we found out. We made one mistake and we got punished and that allowed Eversley back into the game. But again, there's just so much quality in the side to create opportunities that again, we, we forced um, a penalty, and we converted it, but then we proceeded to hit the woodwork, I think it was twice after that, when probably we should have done slightly better, but it was just one of those days uh, on, on the pitch which was incredibly frustrating, but equally, we've got the result which we were looking for and dominated the game. 
Many thanks uh, to uh, Dave Ward from Wiccan Wanderers uh, Ladies for speaking to us on uh, the Wiccan Wanderers show. Now, earlier today, I went up to the Wiccan Wanderers training ground um, and spoke to uh, Gareth Ainsworth, uh, head of uh, the game against Swansea City. Started off by saying to him, what do you say to a team after a 5-0 defeat? You can't be too hasty after the game in the dressing room you know there's obviously uh, mistakes that happen but and the whole player things you've got to have a look at it yourself you've got um as a staff we wanted to we want to look at the video and, and assess ourselves first before see if we we got anything wholly wrong but um we've gone through it this week you know we we know what what went wrong in certain areas you know obviously with the 10 minutes difficult then to judge after that but um the first half you know it's crazy to say but we didn't do too bad three three goals Blackburn only had three shots on target in that first half and, and they scored all three um, there was no peppering of our goal and it felt like that after the second half because obviously ten men and they really did play the ball about but the damage was all done in that first half and uh, and we've had a look at it and it, it's definitely stoppable you know I think we should have come in at 1-0 down not 3-0 down and it would have changed the game the dynamics of the game but you know, these things are going to happen. If you give teams chances at this level, they're going to take them more than they will in Leagues 1 and Leagues 2. And, and we're finding that out. I've said, give me time to assess this league and, and have a look, you know, how, how it's going to pan out. And uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, learning quick from every game. I thought, um, again, Rotherham, we were well worth the win. Um, Blackburn, we, we were well worth the defeat. And, uh, and that's going to happen. Um, you know, we came up four games like this. Um, and it's going to be tough, but I firmly believe we've got enough to start putting some points on the board, and I, and I want to try and start that on Saturday. And I think for those of us who watched the, the three games so far, Brentford, Rotherham and Blackburn, actually there were spells where Wickham were playing really well. Yeah, Tony Mowbray said to me after the game, he said after 15 minutes they were really worried. He said they thought it was going to be a long afternoon, and uh, and I did as well. I thought we started fantastically well, but you know it doesn't happen uh, always like that in football, and you've got to take your chances when they come, and, and especially at this level. Like I say, we've got to start hitting the target. I want to get that first goal in the championship. Um, as you say, Brentford and Rotherham, two good performances there as well. So plenty to build on. Uh, just hopefully getting a couple of injuries back. You know, midfield's been very bare, especially with Dominic missing with suspension and Curtis out. So um, that has been an issue. Um, but we're trying to rectify that with uh, either signings or getting players fit. Uh, the big man, I think, will make a difference. Uchi hasn't got going yet. You know, I think not training since February is... is there's been a big thing for him and we need to get him up to speed quick but he's going to be a hell of a player for us um, and obviously Ryan will probably get his chance now uh, Darius uh, is carrying a suspension so plenty of changes but um, looking forward to seeing what we can do on Saturday it's uh, an early kickoff, um, like uh, the Brentford one and uh, we did okay there so I'm hoping we can we can do a, a, you know, a, a good performance uh, on TV and uh, I say I'm, still, I'm sure I'll still be learning after that game and, and for every game so far but you know 40, 40 42 to go is it uh, and uh, 44 to go and looking forward to uh, to seeing what we can do and yeah my aim is to uh, to be a championship team next year Swansea had a great run into the playoffs last season which obviously didn't quite work out for them they're another big team I know we're going to say that a lot um, they've got a manager now who seems to be taking them in the right direction after their relegation a couple of seasons ago Steve Kirk we've got a really good manager really good manager you know you, you, these people come across and people don't know who they are and there's all sorts of um, worries about them but believe me he's a top top manager and the way he's got his side playing is really good I, as you say you know there's, there's probably going to be 
there'll be a couple of players on on as much as my entire squad in, in the Swansea team. But and that's that's where we are. You know, the the, the differences in the levels are because the, the physicalities and and the uh, and the, the athleticism of the boys, as well as being technical and tactical, fantastic. We've got to match this. We've got to step up. We can't give the ball away. Um, and uh, you know, Steve's done a brilliant job. We watched him. I use a, a big threat, a good play, and on. He's just one of many that they'll they'll have. Um, I'm really looking forward to playing one of the teams that were in the playoffs, you know, and uh, and seeing how we fare against them because I, I I do believe Blackburn's probably one of our low points. But um, I want to make sure that we, uh, we we're solid. We uh, we take our chances if they come, and uh, and we really really do put on a good show for for the TV because uh, it's nice to have these TV games. You know, we got Watford coming up as well after this, so it's, it's going to be it's going to be all all you know. Everyone hands to the pump. Everyone getting fit. Everyone making sure their bodies are tip-top condition for this uh, for this season because that's what it's going to take. Must have been a disappointment this week to learn that fans probably won't be in the stadium for the majority of the season. Can you understand what's going on, particularly when fans can go into pubs and watch it, and yet they can't be sitting at Adams Park and watching the game? I can't understand, um, but I don't think many people can. You know. Um, um, but I also wouldn't want to be at the top making all the decisions, you know, for the country. So, listen, uh, my my stance in life is don't try and go against everything. Ride the wave, get on top of the wave, and try and enjoy as much as you can. I'm devastated for the fans. Really, I'm devastated because um, these these fans deserve to see Championship football. While some of them have waited so long to do that, um, and it's only on the TV. Um, as I said earlier, I'm pretty sure I'd have got a bit of stick from them with Blackburn, but I'd rather get stick and the fans be there than the fans not be there. We need them. Um, it's not the same game without fans, and uh, and I am, a, uh, as you are well known, very extrovertish, and I love the fans being there. I love playing up to the fans. I love all the support we get, and I love the team when when the fans get behind them. So absolutely gutted with that decision, but um, again, we're um, we're fortunate to be in this position. I feel very lucky every day when I wake up and. Uh, you know, Wickham is secure at the moment um, because of what these boys and, and Rob Coog have done, you know. Can't thank him enough. Really pleased to be leading the ship and uh, hopefully we can get some points on Saturday. Today, 133 years ago, Wickham Wanderers played their very first match. That is a lot of history for a football club, but do you appreciate just how big a part you play in that history? <laughs> tiny part. Uh, there's been a lot of history. There's been... I definitely disagree with tiny part. <laughs> yeah, there's been, a, there's been a lot of history you know, and, and a lot of really really fantastic people contributed to this club you know um <clears throat> sometimes uh i wake up and i pinch myself because i'm like i say i feel lucky i work my socks off of course i do and and, and i always have done in whether it's been a player or as a manager and i continue to do that but um there's a lot of unsung heroes here as well and uh and to have my name on on the on the promotion to the championship and all that it's brilliant but believe me I'll be the first to say I couldn't have done it without everyone else so everyone who's contributed in that 133 years thank you stick with us keep supporting us I'll give absolutely everything for this club and I'm hoping for the fans more than anything we can stay in the championship because they might be allowed in in a year's time who knows and (laughs) that would be fantastic but um, no thanks for all your support everyone and uh, what a fantastic football club I promise we'll stick with you cheers Gareth That was uh, Gareth Ainsworth speaking to me earlier on. I also spoke to Alex Samuel while I was up at the training ground um, and said that despite the results, so far, the performances actually have been quite good. We take a lot of positives. You know, Rotherham, you know, I think we should have won that game. Uh, So we were very unfortunate not to take a result. And also Blackburn, I think, you know, that we started really well. I think the way we we put our shape out was good. And it was, again, it was just sloppy mistakes, really. And I think... 
it's something that we're going to have to learn quickly and adapt to this league because you know teams are going to be, have that quality now. So it's 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 exciting as well because we're in a new league. We're all learning. You know, I think eighty percent of uh, this team haven't played at this level. So it's going to take a little time just to find our feet. But I'm sure that you know we're going to get there and we're going to do well. Daryl Horgan has come in from Hibs. But what's the competition for places like? That's presumably a good thing. Yeah, really good. You know, we're going to need everyone this season, um, especially with the amount of Saturday, Tuesday games that's going to be coming up, I think, in October, November. So, yeah, you know, Daryl is, you can tell, is a player that, you know, is so technically good and something that we've we've needed in that, like, in that forward play, creating and, you know, creating new things and so yeah he's a player that we're, we're excited to see and I think already we can see the quality that he's got going forward and yeah it's a, a really massive asset for us um, So Swansea are the visitors yeah, you were obviously born in Neath um, uh, did you ever get to the Vetchfield? Yeah I went, got to the Vetchfield a few times you know I was uh, mascot in the 2003 one of the Swansea's biggest uh, uh, in the club's history games you know they could have been relegated out of the football league so it, to be a part of that as well at that time was amazing. Some very fond memories there. Um, and even growing up, um, I've got a huge heart for Swansea. Very fond memories there. So, yeah, just uh, love the club. Great to hear from Alex Samuel. And uh, uh, you never know, you might see him in a supermarket soon as well. You might do, indeed. Uh, that is it from the Wicked Wanderer Show for this week. You can download uh, You can listen again. Um, Colin and I will be back um, at 8 o'clock next week.